Hello, and welcome to Policy Pod by LDA. My name is Matt Goche, and I'll be your host. This podcast aims to break down common trends, problems, and concepts in the life insurance market. We wanted to create a place where we can talk about the things that confuse clients and advisors alike. This episode, we will be talking about immediate financing arrangements or IFAs. And we are joined by Virginia Hum from Financial Horizons and Jonathan Jarvie, Senior Account Executive here at LDA. Before we get to the interview, I would like to talk to you about your block of business. We hear from advisors all the time that the more carriers they offer on their shelf, the more cluttered their block becomes. With policy renewals, issue dates, clients across multiple carriers, it can be quite complicated to keep your block organized. However, we have a solution. With the life design analysis, you can import your entire block of business into LDA. It will automatically sort your clients, organize your enforced policies, and give you ongoing reminders about upcoming renewals, birthdays, and more. You can sort your enforced policy by urgency level to see what upcoming renewals are imminent, and our platform will even pre-generate insurance cases for term renewal and conversion opportunities. To learn more about how life design analysis can help with your Inforce block of business, contact us today at info at lifedesignanalysis.com or go to our website and select the Ask Us a Question tab on the right-hand side. Let me introduce today's guests, Virginia Hum and Jonathan Jarby. Virginia started in the insurance industry as an advisor herself, spending much of her time training advisors since. She's worked with multiple insurance manufacturers and has developed insurance products. As the advanced market strategist specializing in insurance with Financial Horizons, she offers colleagues the benefit of her working experience with top advisors in advanced markets. Virginia has a Bachelor of Commerce degree from Concordia University. She's also a certified financial planner, a financial management advisor, a chartered financial divorce specialist, and a member of Advocus and Kalu. She is part of the Kalu Associates Technical Education Committee. Virginia is an enthusiastic and hardworking individual who's proud to be part of Financial Horizons team of professionals helping advisors grow their business. One of the more veteran members, John Jarvie has been a part of the LDA team for six years and has extensive experience with all levels of the industry distribution chain, including independent advisors, wealth management firms, national banks, MGAs, and carriers. Before joining LDA, John had a unique blend of insurance and tech experience, receiving his LLQP licensing and working for both Canon and Microsoft. Welcome. Thank you, Virginia, for joining us today. We're very excited to have you on board and uh, talk about the exciting world of immediate financing arrangements. Thanks, Matt and Jonathan, for um, having me as a guest today. It's my pleasure to be here. So I'm basically the advanced markets strategist at Financial Horizons. I specialize in the insurance area, and I basically help advisors and support the sales team in terms of helping uh, educate advisors or helping them with cases that may require a bit more complex planning. We actually talked with Pierre Gorbani and it's cool having people with this kind of knowledge of these advanced cases, especially when we're talking about IFAs and uh, asset class use for life insurance. Can you explain to me what an IFA or an immediate financing arrangement is and what kind of policies you generally see used with uh, these policies? 
Absolutely. Allow me first to preface that the information I'm providing is for educational purposes and not to provide legal, accounting, tax, or other professional advice. Advisors and clients should thoroughly examine their specific legal and tax situation with their own professional advisors. That being said, immediate financing arrangement, also known as IFA, is a sophisticated leveraging strategy using a life insurance policy. It integrates protecting wealth as well as the potential to multiply that wealth. And how does that happen? A permanent life insurance policy is first put in place for a corporation or an individual. Clients can then borrow back that premium that they've uh, put in or up to 100% of the policy's cash surrender value by way of bank financing for the purposes of reinvestment back into the corporation or an investment portfolio. This is the traditional method of borrowing. And what kind of policies do you generally see used in the strategy? Uh, I essentially see two types of life insurance policies that make sense for this type of strategy. Participating whole life and universal life insurance. Par whole life, a shorter term, being the more popular choice given the stable long-term returns. Uh, it also has uh, the cash values vested as long as it's not on premium offset and the option of high early cash values. On the other hand, Universal Life offers guaranteed investment accounts, which also provide stable returns. However, the total growth isn't near as lucrative as with Parho Life. UL also offers returns based on the performance of index-linked accounts or market funds, but because of the volatility, a lender may likely advance a lower loan percentage. When you go to a situation where this is potentially on the table, what are you looking for when you approach a business or when they come to you or an individual where you would say, hey, we need to start considering using an IFA here. This is an opportunity and maybe we need to start investigating this. Great question. First and foremost, there should be an insurance need for the business or uh, personally. Uh, whether for business, whether it's for buy-sell purposes, estate planning, capital preservation, or other business reasons. Secondly, the business may not want to tie up the uh, money in the insurance policy, but would rather reinvest it back into the business as working capital or for ongoing investments. By doing so, as long as it's for the purpose of producing income from a business or property, one would be eligible for interest and possibly collateral insurance deductibility meaning that they can deduct the lesser of the premium paid or net cost of pure insurance, also known as NCPI. So Virginia, coming from your background with carriers, now working in the MGA channel, what are some of the challenges you faced when working with an IFA related to comparing different scenarios or different carrier options? Thank you, Jonathan. That's a great question. Um, Essentially, because an IFA is driven off the base uh, plan for any of the insurance carriers, uh, it's, it's highly important to determine, you know, uh, where the values are, um, uh, I would say, where the values uh, resonate most for uh, a client, whether it's the early cash values or later cash values. So having the ability to compare uh, various various uh, various carriers would be extremely helpful and simplifying this and it's then deciding which uh, carrier would best suit the client. 
Yeah, and to speak on that further, that's why we've developed the IFA concept tool inside of LDA, because what we found is previously advisors needed to request specific IFA reports from carriers, which can be time-consuming, or even just comparing multiple scenarios or different carriers can be challenging for an advisor without having multiple illustrations. So for those with an LDA subscription uh, to our premier option, you have access to creating an IFA for any carrier, any scenario, any amount of scenarios, if you wish to, all inside of one white labeled report to you and your branding. So if you're interested or if you're experiencing these struggles that Virginia mentioned, take a look at LDA and we'd be happy to show you more with our free trial. Virginia, what are the main benefits of using an IFA uh, and what are also some potential drawbacks? An IFA is certainly a creative way for business owners to maximize estate value and access credit at the same time. The insurance is a significant financial asset that offers tax-preferred growth and liquidity to an estate when it's required. Most or almost all of the proceeds upon death can be distributed out tax-free via the capital dividend account, also known as the CDA. And if there's any adjusted cost basis, um, also known as ACB, it will be a taxable dividend. From a credit perspective, the advantage is that the loan proceeds can be received tax-free. It also enables a corporation to reinvest back into their business and potentially qualify for interest deductibility. Assuming eligibility, the loan interest as well as a portion of the collateral insurance can be deducted. Uh, Note that it's not the entire NCPI, but the ratio of the loan to debt benefit, which is small in the early years and and gets larger later on. Also, in order to deduct the NCPI, the policy must be assigned to a financial institution as a condition of the loan and policy premiums are contractually payable. To claim the deduction, the owner and borrower must also be the same uh, person or or corporation. So we've talked about the benefits to using an IFA. What are potentially some drawbacks to using an IFA? A potential drawback is that it's complicated and there are a lot of moving parts. For example, the dividend rate on a whole life policy doesn't necessarily move in tandem with current loan interest rates, which today is higher than the current dividend rates. Another potential drawback is that since the cash value and the life insurance policy is used as collateral for a series of loans, the policy's performance may impact the credit available and additional collateral may be required at some point in the future. So what type of businesses do you see uh, when you're working with IFAs that are best suited for this type of strategy? And what types of businesses do you find are uh, not suited? They're not a good fit. I would say the ideal business or client could include real estate developers. Uh, However, note that sometimes real estate developers are already highly margined, so they may or may not qualify for lending. Professional corporations is another um, good industry, such as doctors, dentists, accountants, lawyers, or even real estate agents. Essentially, successful business owners that have good cash flow and strong net income as uh, it are, are good candidates, as well as high net worth and ultra high net worth individuals who are financially sophisticated in a high tax bracket and comfortable with leveraging. IFAs aren't for everyone. Individuals who are risk averse or businesses that have volatile cash flow uh, may not be suitable at all for this type of planning. The minimum premium for an IFA strategy can be as low as 50,000 annually 
but it will depend on the lending institution. However, depending on the fees and interest, it may not be feasible to borrow based on such a low premium. So you're saying that there's definitely some risks here when they're thinking about looking at the associated IFA. What are some of those risks that would be associated then? How could you mitigate those risks? Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, that's a great question. Um, there's a number of risks associated with an IFA. Um, some of those could include an interest rate risk. Uh, because typically you're paying a variable interest rate. How you can mitigate that is pay the interest rather than capitalize the interest so the interest doesn't continue to compound. Um, another risk is um, if the maybe the client doesn't need the loan any longer or maybe they sold off the corporate asset, there's no need to keep that um, amount of loan in place. So uh, the good news is that they can uh, repay the loan at any time. If the business has a bad year and can't make the premium payment, that's another risk because that will affect their insurance policy values as well as the borrowing capacity. The client should at least fund the base premium to keep the policy in, in force and perhaps defer the borrowing to a, a future year. Alternatively, a worst case scenario would be cashing out the insurance, which of course may have tax implications, and then simply have the loan paid out. Other risks could be if additional collateral is needed because the policy underperforms or if your income is insufficient to use the deduction. Uh, so there's a number of risks, including tax rules that, uh, that are applicable to collateral loans uh, that could change uh, at any time without grandfathering, as well as uh, the rules for interest deductibility. Now, Virginia, one common question I hear when speaking with advisors is how the rise in interest rates affects the IFAs that are not only being proposed, but that are currently in place. What's your experience with this and your thoughts? Um, they certainly may not be as attractive. However, if the borrow money is used to produce income from business or property and is eligible for interest deductibility, it's it can still be a viable financing strategy. In fact, uh, probably most of the lending nowadays is for corporate businesses as opposed to uh, personal uh, individual borrowing. Yeah, and to, to go along with it too, that's why in LDA, we also have a suitability analysis that's part of the L or the IFA presentation. So we'll show on the report if the interest rate rises by their 1% or by 2%, how that affects the strategy. So that's an important thing to consider, especially based on everything you just mentioned, Virginia. And with the high interest rates obviously changing, like they seem to be changing like week to week uh, as the Bank of Canada rolls them out. How is this affecting lenders and, and how do lenders determine now whether or not that they're going to approve an IFA application and what consider what criteria are they considering? Um, there are a number of lenders who specialize in the insurance lending space, such as Duca Financial, Manu Bank, Ec Equitable Bank, Langhouse, also, a number of the bigger banks, such as, you know, uh, Scotia private clients or BMO private clients, they all specialize in this, this area. Um, so the terms and conditions of the loan will vary depending on the lender and the client's credit worthiness. So I think it's an important point to, to have the conversation with the lender. Uh, the terms are generally negotiated during the application process. And, you know, some boutique lenders may offer terms such as no collateral required, but charge a higher interest rate. And then this kind of goes further to that. What variations then 
are there because obviously like every situation is unique. So uh, I would assume that there's definitely some variations in what kind of IFA or what the uh, agreement would be. Uh, and so can you can you elaborate on that or, or used yourself to a client? Great question, uh, Matt. Uh, absolutely. There are variations to um, uh, the IFAs. The traditional route is essentially what I mentioned earlier, where the corporation is simply borrowing back the, the premium or cash value to uh, reinvest back into their business. So a variation to that would be, the, as I mentioned, borrowing up to 90% or 100% of the cash value rather than the premium, which is a more conservative approach. Uh, another variation is shareholder borrowing so that the shareholder has access to tax-free loans to supplement income. However, in this case, a guarantee fee should be paid to the corporation to not have a shareholder benefit conferred. Also, there's no interest deductibility uh, available um, should this be the, the case. Alternatively, the shareholder, uh, I, I've seen variation where the shareholder lends the money back to the corporation to invest. But again, there's no NCPI deduction, nor can the corporation help pay the loan off. So you might as well just have the corporation borrow in that case. Uh, one other uh, way I've seen IFAs is for charitable giving, where the loan is donated to get a tax credit. And at death, the loan is repaid and any excess is also donated for an additional tax credit. Whether these variations make sense or not, I think it's a case-by-case -case basis, and I think it's important to have the analysis uh, before it's recommended. So this might be a little bit of a curveball, but um, do you have any examples of any IFAs that you've proposed to clients and, and why it worked and the, the reasons why you proposed it or wh why you felt that it was the right thing to do? Um, so... If, uh, if an IFA is recommended uh, or to, let's say, an advisor speaking to it or a business owner is interested, um, it would make sense if there, uh, you know, there's a number of factors to consider, uh, such as underwriting, financial, tax and plan management, as well as the client's risk profile and the, the comfort with leveraging at all. Uh, so, you know, know that this strategy is not simply one and done. Uh, annual maintenance is crucial for everyone involved and to ensure the best outcome for the clients. So when structuring these types of plans, uh, you know, to be conser conservative, you may want to uh, put in assumptions that are, um, you know, not as aggressive and uh, to set the plan expectations from the outset. Uh, so that will also help deepen the advisor-client relationship. Um, and at the same time, you may consider an IFA exit plan as a, as a planning exercise. In many of these cases, the client's accountant or lawyer is involved from the beginning. So they're on site and they understand, you know, uh, what is required on an annual basis to ensure that the deductibility is there or that it's recorded correctly and uh, any other requirements um, th that are needed. And, and at the end of the day, as long as the client is comfortable and understands the reasons uh, for doing this, as well as the risks that the advisor is there to basically, I think, manage um, the plan from the outset and ongoing, uh, I think it becomes a very viable strategy. Obviously, like the, you've you've seen these exercises of trust, basically what you've said is an IFA. It's it's 
multiple parties working together to get towards a common goal. And if there's no trust, then that kind of is where it's going to fall apart. How does that aspect of, of approaching these scenarios differ between when you're approaching the IFA, when it's a corporation or a business, as opposed to when it's an individual? Actually, whether leveraging is used by an individual or a corporation, the basic structure is the same. So there, there's really no difference there. It's just a, a matter of, you know, do you prefer um, having it set up through the corporation or do you need this on an individual basis? Virginia, one topic that I've heard about a lot lately with IFAs is lenders collateralizing the interest. Can you explain this process and what are your thoughts on taking this approach? Yeah, that's a more risky approach because, of, of course, you're when you're collateralizing the interest, it doesn't mean that you don't pay the interest. It could be that you pay the interest and then you borrow back the interest. But by doing so, the the risk is that, you know, the interest continues to compound. So the loan continues to grow. And so to justify the deduction, you have to have the supporting income level or uh, the ability to pay the, the loan at some future point in time. So there are more risks when the interest is capitalized. I prefer that the interest is paid so that the the loan remains constant rather than you know have it continue to grow. The question we always like to ask people at the end of these interviews, obviously, um, especially with these cases are are different. It's it's more life insurance is more than just term. It's more than just covering mortgage. It's more than just income replacement. Uh, and we've gone over that with talking generally about life insurance as asset class. Last month talking about um, CETs and estate transfers with generational wealth, and now talking about IFAs. Uh, what would you give advice to maybe your past self or even to a younger advisor looking to enter the industry and knowing that there's more than just the term renewals? Uh, absolutely. When you start uh, becoming more versed in the various types of planning and strategies available for clients, um, there are many different ways to help them. Uh, I mean, when you start off with a strategy, the good news is that they're not mutually exclusive, meaning you can start with one type of strategy and it can you know, uh, evolve into a different type of strategy as the client's life stages change. So for, an, for example, uh, an IFA is a front-end leveraging strategy and works well to facilitate purchasing a life insurance policy with the ability to reinvest the premiums back into the business during someone's working years. But as the clients near retirement and maybe they no longer need the loan for business purposes, they can repay the loan and it subsequent and subsequently leverage the funds again as an alternative way to supplement their retirement income. Uh, you know, so my point is that even though the strategy starts off one way, as life changes, it can morph into a very different strategy, but still meet and help the client's needs. Some good advice. My dad always uh, used to tell me that everything in the world is set in jello. One minute you think it's it's there, and the next minute you're changing your way. So <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of some timely advice across all industries, it seems. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's it's good to be aware of all the types of strategies and planning strategies that are available out there so that although you don't need to know 
uh, everything um, in in depth is as long as you're aware of this, then you can always uh, look for and find more information on those topics. Yeah, lifetime learning is always a fun aspect of most careers. So absolutely, especially this industry. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Virginia, for joining us. Uh, it's been very eye-opening learning more about the world of IFAs, and uh, we were very happy to have you on. So thank you very much. Thank you both, uh, Matt and Jonathan. It's been my pleasure to be a guest speaker today, and I look forward to more of your podcasts. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Virginia. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Policy Pod by LDA. We hope that you are able to take away some new understanding about the inner workings and details of IFAs or immediate financing arrangements. If you are interested in or are currently working on advanced insurance strategies, consider adapting LDA into your work routine. LDA makes complicated insurance strategies easy with our built-in components for advanced concepts such as IFA and estate transfers with unique component controls, customized tax rates, and present value calculations so that you can show the value of the insurance product not only today, but in the future as well. Easily compare any number of products across a variety of carriers and have complete compliance confidence by attaching your client files, reason why letter, and financial needs analysis right to your client's profile. Sign up today and try it free at www.lifedesignanalysis.com forward slash sign dash up. That's www.lifedesignanalysis.com forward slash sign dash up or contact us to see a demo of LDA in action. We want to show you the difference it will make for your practice. You can also follow us on YouTube at Life Design Analysis and follow and connect with us on LinkedIn. Thank you very much again for listening to this podcast and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.